Shout out to our radio affiliates. I am Gabriel Morenci. We're throwing it down. It's a Thursday night uh, throwdown. Jeff Feinberg's going to step up, and then Feinberg of uh, uh, kicks it with uh, Pat Mayo, the Pat Mayo experience. And, of course, um, uh, Feinberg, big Charger fan, and uh, Feinberg's a hell of a golf handicapper as well. We'll get into a little golf, a little squeeze in a little golf talk uh, with Feinberg. How can we not? But we're going to focus in on the Chargers. Chargers get the Patriots uh, this week, week 13 of the National Football League. Of Los Angeles's other team, although it doesn't really feel like the Chargers are anyone's team, does it? Uh, but Los Angeles's real team, the Rams, uh, Rams in action against the Arizona Cardinals. And I think the, I'm the only one that I've spoken to this week. And we, we throw this game at everybody, and nobody, nobody likes the Rams because everybody remembers what they saw last in the National Football League. They shouldn't, but they do. And if there's one word of advice that I'll tell people, uh, when it comes to uh, betting on the National Football League is you're not betting on what happened last weekend, all right? And you hear this all the time. Well, you know, last week they did this. Well, last week they couldn't stop the run. Fantasy players are the worst of this, like DFS experts. And I'm not talking about the uh, the real experts that aren't telling you their picks online. <laughs> I'm talking about like the, the people that get paid for the websites and stuff you know, the fantasy, they're always on whoever lit it up. Oh, you know, oh, uh, you know, Johnson had 16 targets last week. So this week, you know, you'll learn the hard way if you actually bet real money on this stuff. Ask anybody that's uh, been betting on NFL props about learning the hard way uh, right now. So we're going to break it down. We're going to talk some NFL football, college basketball, Gonzaga and uh, Baylor. Cool, real cool basketball game. Number one versus number two. Hey, let's let's tip our uh, tip our caps to the uh, to the college basketball uh, world. The kids have done a nice job. Quality of play has been good. Uh, teams are stepping up and in, and uh, you know got a lot of unorthodox, like weird matchups of teams that don't usually play each other and stuff like that. So you know what, it's been pretty cool, and it doesn't get much cooler than Gonzaga and Baylor. So Gonzaga, three and a half point favorites. Uh, in this basketball game. Teddy Cover stepped up and in a level one says he thinks it's a lower scoring defensive battle. Josh Gordon reinstated. Nick Saban reinstated. Nick Saban's got to lay off the weed, man. Late night anger management class. This is sports rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. And here's Aya Marenzi. Uh, we throw it down. Jeff Feinberg will step back up and, in and uh, kick it with us in a couple of minutes' uh, time. Thanks to Teddy Covers uh, for throwing it down uh, with us. We'll get into this uh, BYU 
BYU and Coastal Carolina game. And like I said earlier, props to them for stepping up and in. I'm actually excited about this uh, football game. And that's what it's all about, right? College football has become such a business. And we were talking about this earlier, and I want to get back to that uh, topic, actually. And college football has always been a little bit different, all right? And it's always been different in the sense, like, think in the, in the old days, guys, you know, the media decided, right? The media solely decided college football. You know, the AP poll was the be-all and end-all. And yeah, you had the coaches poll and the AP poll, but it was basically, you know, the AP was the respected entity, and then the coaches poll came along after, uh, but the AP was the respected uh, entity. And, you know, there was controversy, and I remember the powers that be uh, would say, uh, you know what, the, yeah, there's controversy, but you're talking about us, aren't you? And think about it. Like, there used to be ties in college football uh, as well. So there were ties and people voted. And then we got into the uh, the computer system. All right, then we got into the computer system. And I remember when the, the BCS came, and myself included, because like, put it this way, every system that I've seen in my lifetime, and I'm talking since the 70s here, and it was the same way before in the 60s uh, and 50s, et cetera, there's, there's always been controversy. Like, no one's ever liked the system. You know what I mean? Like, when, when, you know, for the most part, when it was the AP stuff, they used to mostly get it right. But once in a while, guys, you'd have split champions, the coaches poll champion and the AP champion. And they were both respected as the champions, like for real. You know, they would try to avoid it. But once in a while, you'd get co-champions because there was no playoff. It was basically, well, you're playing in this game. And it was just sort of judgment. All right. And the media would decide. And, you know, people didn't love it, but the media did a pretty good job for the most part. And then the computer came along and people were like, oh, my God, computers are taking over the world. And, you know, this is ridiculous. There's no human element. The computer, the computer, the BCS computer. And if you look back, the BCS computer was bang on. The computer was good. Like, the computer didn't care how many tickets you sold. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? The computer didn't care how many tickets you sold what your brand name was, you know, like you would get, you know, basically there was there, there was a mini a mini bias with the computer because there was a little bit of human element. They took the polls and they put it in the computer. All right? They took the polls as part of it, but they wasn't all of it. You know what I mean? So the computer program was actually good. If like anyone tuning in right now can tell me um, no, no, you're wrong, Marenzi. The, the, the BCS got it way off. They didn't. You know, the computer didn't. People wanted to complain, um, but people bitched and flipped out. You know, computers are taking over the world. And then after a few years, people didn't mind. But people have always wanted the college football playoff, right? So we have a college football playoff now, but we really don't. We don't have a college football playoff. It's not a college football playoff. You can't tell me that two games is a playoff. And you can't tell me that four teams is a playoff. That's not a playoff, all right? It's arbitrary. Like, think about it. You know, like they say, and I'm not, like, throw out Coastal Carolina, throw out um, throw out San Jose State, who incidentally are still undefeated, the Spartans, Nick Starkle getting it done. Um, like, throw out these teams, but even the so-called Power Five, it's not a Power Five. It's not a Power Five. Like, look at, like, the, the Pac-12 gets zero respect, right? So, like, even if the Pac-12 is good, you're not going to get in. 
So, like, USC, is USC going to get in if they run the table? Probably not. You know, I'd be shocked, maybe. I almost, I hope so, just for, like, a curveball here. I want to see more excitement, et cetera. I hope USC can keep winning. Um, but it's not really a power five. So think about it, like, you know, in baseball. If they just basically stated that, listen, you know what? The American League Central, you guys suck. And the American League West, you guys aren't really good anyway. So even though you've got good records, we've decided to move on with the playoffs with the Dodgers, the Yankees, and, um, and you know, the Red Sox, et cetera. That's essentially what they're doing. Like, there's no other sport. There's no other sport that eliminates other conferences or divisions within their sport. Like, as bad as the NFC East is this year, they're still allowed in the playoffs, right? Because why? They're part of a league. So even the Power Five is a sham, right? Like, if you're in the Big 12, you're the Pac-12, like, you're not you're part of it, but, you know. And Clemson, you know, Clemson, the ACC, you guys are all cocky now. Wait till Clemson's not good. And then suddenly you guys will be on the outside looking in and we'll have like three teams of the SEC. Like the college football playoffs is basically the SEC. Like I said, the commissioner's already like, you know, campaigning about how the SEC should have two teams in, in the playoff. Why? Because they make money. All right? Why? Because they make money. That's, that's what it comes down to. So as far as BYU, let's make money with this football game. And I got to believe that the point spread just continues to climb. As you heard Teddy Cover say, you know, they're going to get murdered. And the thing is with BYU, they've got a chip on their shoulder. They've got a chip on their shoulder. And the emphasis really is that they're grown men. Like BYU are a bunch of big Samoan dudes and stuff. You know, 24 years old, 25 years old. Coastal Carolina, man. They're skinny kids out of high school. <laughs> They're skinny kids. Like, dude, you see BYU? BYU beat down Navy physically. 55 to 3. You beat Navy. I don't like, don't, oh, well, it's not the best Navy team this year. I don't care. You beat any Navy team. Navy, the Navy kids are as tough as it gets, all right? And BYU manhandled them, they ragdolled them. Like they were steamed, like the linemen were running people over and stuff. Like BYU are a physical football team. Their defense is physical. Their offensive line is physical. Um, they're much quicker than people you would think a BYU team uh, would be. BYU is a damn good football team. And I know Coastal Carolina, and I swear to God, I'd like to find the clip actually. When Coastal Carolina was like 2-0, and and no one ever heard of these guys earlier this year, I said, I said, man, I'm watching this Coastal Carolina team, Cam, and I can tell you there's something special about them. I said, you know, they just have something special going on on the sideline and their, their energy and, and their team. And, and here we are right now. I called that. Uh, you know, problem is their point spreads have been getting crazy as the season uh, has gone on. So it's interesting to see uh, that now they're getting 10 and a half points. Thing is with, with this is, too, with Coastal Carolina, is there's going to be pressure on them. Like, BYU are used to this. BYU have played on national television. BYU have played in big games, right? BYU are on TV often. It's not as if, oh, like, it was a big deal. We're on ESPN, right? Coastal Carolina, come on. College game day is going there. College game day. I don't know, man. Like, um, 
I guess you can't have like you know, the crazy kids with the signs and all that stuff. I got to be honest. I have not watched College Game Day once this year. Like I haven't, I haven't seen it. And I'm not like anti College Game Day. Like I, you know, all you should have it on in the background. Um, I was off and on doing a college stuff, but this year, you know what? It's never even crossed my mind <laughs> to be honest. It's kind of gotten old. It's stale. Like College Game Day. You know what I mean? It's they need to they need to reinvent it a bit. You know, the whole they go everywhere and a bunch of dumb kids with their dumb signs stand behind them and stuff. And Cor Corso's good. He puts the you know the, the the mascot head on. They gotta shake it up a bit though. You know what I mean? They they, they there's something about it that it's just you can't do the same thing over and over and over. As we say, vent your rage for the 13th million time in my life. <laughs> gotta stay gotta stay fresh in this industry, man. Jeff Feinberg steps up and in. Late night anger management class. Vent your rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gabe Morenci. We're throwing it down to Thursday night to throw down. Let's bring in a man uh, it's been too long since we've thrown it down uh, with a man who's kicking ass, breaking it down with Pat Mayo and the crazy person that is Tim Anderson. And uh, he's also getting it done, breaking down the golf over at Odds Checkers. Jeff Feinberg steps up. And what's going on, Jeff? Good to have you back. How you doing tonight? Oh, great to chat with you, Gabe. I am I am doing well. I'm doing well. No complaints. You know, all things considered, I guess. I got to tell you, you're really taking this Charger season well. I guess life is good. You're a happy, you're a family man. You know, you're a big golf fan. You win golf bets all the time. And you're probably used to the Chargers having a black cloud that follow them. And, you know, we're in a pandemic right now. And I do cut slack. You know, I do cut slack for coaches a bit. I do cut slack for teams a little bit. And I would, you know, give people a second chance a little bit more than I probably uh, would have, you know, in usual times. But with that being stated, as far as the Chargers organization is concerned, it's like every year is a pandemic for them. You know, either multiple injuries, controversy, stadiums, we're moving, we're not moving, we're moving, we finally move, we're playing in an empty stadium, um, nobody ever comes to our games, you know, we have this brand new stadium that's set to open, but there's no fans, it really is one thing after another, and we haven't even gotten into sort of like the, the player injuries from, you know, Derwin James, Mike Bouncy, Austin Eckler, we can go on, but it really is like amazing how, I've said it before and I'll say it again, bro, the Chargers are cursed. The Chargers are cursed. You're a fan of a cursed football team, Feinberg. Uh, at times, it feels very much that way, Gabe. I mean, you would think from like 2015 to 2017, you'd have thought they made more special teams gaffes like to last a lifetime. And here I am thinking, okay, we got those out of the way. Like how many more could still exist in our future? And I mean, we have a punt blocked per week. 
we have a chance to win a game with a field goal off an upright. Like you're you're not wrong. This year feels like every other year as it pertains uh, to the Chargers, except there is a light. I, I feel like there might be a light right now for them. You know, I guess in the end, it doesn't really matter considering you're in the same division with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't think anybody's beating the Chiefs in a national football agreed, league right now. Agreed, but with the right. extra playoff spot, Gabe, I feel when we look at these seasons now that they end and they're going to allow yeah. seven teams in the postseason, I don't think we're going to see a team that, oh, that team should have made the playoffs. If you're good with seven teams, yeah. you will get a chance in the tournament. You are not wrong, though. The Chiefs should fear nobody. I would take the Chiefs versus the field. Um, it's unfair. The cap-friendly deals they were able to, I mean, that Kelsey signed, and then Tariq Hill had his domestic incident, and they essentially signed him for pennies on the dollar because he had a domestic incident. It, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, no one fear—the Chiefs fear nobody. Everyone's a peasant. So it really is all about—and these things come in cycles, right? So it's all about how good are the Chiefs going to dominate for Teams don't really repeat. I think they will repeat. Are they going to win three Super Bowls in a row? Maybe. You know, probably not. Kelsey's going to get beat up. Eventually, Eagles will start to kick in. But you're right. Not only that, they had good breaks as far as stuff. And you know what, though? It's almost, I think it's almost deliberate. Look, they signed a dude that, like, pulled the arm robbery, the first-round draft pick, the Baker kid from the Giants. It's not a coincidence, right? The Chiefs like these players, and then they can lowball them. Say, hey, listen, we gave you the chance. And and plus, they sort of had that Golden State Warrior thing going to, from a couple of years ago. People want to be there. Yeah. Right? It's, course, the, it's yeah. like, you know what? Like Walken said, yeah, I could have made a couple of bucks somewhere else, but why? Life's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why? Yeah, why why I would I not want to play with Mahomes? And a lot of them said that, too. They all said, yeah. why would I not want to play with Mahomes, man? <laughs> 100%. And even though we fully expect this offseason, the staff will get raided, I don't think it it's going to matter. I don't I don't think that will will stop them in sort of like a Patriots way. I, losing the coordinators, I think Andy Reid is such a great coach. I don't think that'll stop the train. They lost Doug Peterson. This enemy comes right up. I bet you there's someone else who's ready to just call their plays and do it again for them next year. Yeah, they, the coaches are good, but it's the players, right? It's the players and the talent that they have. It's not like the system is going to change it. Mahomes is still a young quarterback, guys. That's what's crazy. I mean, he's still a young quarterback. He can still get better, as scary as that is. But with all that being stated, and I saw you on Twitter. We exchanged uh, some tweets. You know, yeah. you sort of were, hey, listen, we got a star quarterback moving forward. He's a stud. We're going to have a top you know, six, seven draft pick, uh, adding to an already talented roster. And I get all that. It's all true. The thing where I come in is that they're just cursed. That, you know what I mean? It's one of these deals that, dude, you can, Mahomes can say, you know what? I'm done with KC. I want to move to Los Angeles and I grew up a Charger fan. Something would happen. You know what I mean? Break his leg. You know what I'm saying? You're part of the crew. Welcome to the club. I'm a Bills fan. Something bad happens. Look at the playoffs last year. There's just certain organizations that you just feel like, man, they're always cursed. But listen, Herbert, you have to be happy about that. 
you know, Herbert's the real deal. He stepped in. The kid's chucking it all over the place. But what, where we're going now is the question is, is the coaching staff the right staff moving forward? And I don't know how you feel about it, but I know people act irrationally following their bets on Twitter after games and Anthony Lynn this and Anthony and all that. And I, and I even brought it up. I was like, guys, you know, listen, I lost money on the over in that game. They weren't winning that game. It's not like they blew the game against the Bills on the goal line uh, the other day. He is too conservative, but at the same point in time, you've got to cut a guy a little bit of slack when you consider all the injuries, rookie quarterback situations uh, that he deals with all the time. I guess I'm soft. Do you give him one more year, or is your patience out? Like, what do you do? It's a tough call. It really is a tough call. Gabe, at the beginning of the year, I was ready to, to just be a true defender and, and think it's a free pass again. Now he's got a rookie quarterback. Uh, Derwin James isn't playing. And and I can make an excuse for every year. His first year is the year of the move, and they start 0-4 and, and finish 9-7. and 7. And I'm like, whoa, okay, this guy is like a leader of men. They go from that year where they just missed the playoffs off an 0-4 start to that great season where Phillip was great and they won a lot of games and the Patriots just punked us uh, when people thought we could win that game. And they're like, okay, uh, something's yeah, still happening. Myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, okay, Lynn's a coach. Like, we got a coach. And then last year, everything kind of went to shit. But Phillip threw like 24 interceptions. And you're just like, I don't know, how mad could I be at Lynn? I guess it's a recurring theme. There were tons of injuries. And the quarterback literally threw, turned the ball over nonstop. And then you get to this year, it's like, you know, but through all of this, his game management has been deplorable. Like, through those first three years, game management was bad. And this year, Gabe, we're up 21. We're up 17. We have these second-half leads, and the game management continues to be embarrassing. And that Bills game on Sunday, it wasn't just the goal line stuff at the end of the game that cost people the spread. That was a three-hour display of, of a guy that literally seemed lost, whether it was the handling of of multiple things before the halftime, let alone not going for it. The fact that he could have just let the clock run out and not have to punt and give the ball back. Um, to, to being at a first and goal from the five and running three straight times, including a speed option on third and one, and then the stuff at the end of the game. And then when he's asked about it, he's even confused. Like, it's not... You know, I'm not comparing him to, like, McVay, who's, like, some wonder kid. But you see McVay, who you ask him about a play from, like, five years ago, some second and seven on the 38-yard line. He'll recall it in a second. Anthony Lynn's like, I don't know, man, there's 100 plays in the game. You got to be more, like, specific. Yeah, he's dodging. He's, he's, so he's it's, yeah, Gabe, he's it's just dodging. Like, and, and, and it's not year one with the clock management. So now I'm concerned when we're healthy, when we're good. Like, I don't trust him now. I don't trust him. And and as a Charger fan, I'm underserviced. I don't have beat reporters like you do in Buffalo or preeminent teams like a Steeler, or there's no talk radio. I'm talking to people in San Diego. Half of them care. Half of them don't care. No yeah. one really cares uh, right now. They'll know firsthand that I don't have 
as Charger fans, you know, now, I miss the the Tribune and Kevin AC and Michael Gelkin and Jim Trotter. This was a that was a great paper that covered the football team. They don't really care about the Chargers since they moved to LA. I have to pay essentially for the athletic to get a good inside coverage of the team. And at this point, it's the national media that are essentially I'm depending on and on like exploiting sorry and sort of calling Lynn out that is the story with the team now it's not just Herbert's great it's that this coach is an embarrassment ESPN puts a headline out on Sunday Chargers lose to Ant or Bills lose to Anthony Lynn like 27-17 not Bills lose to Chargers I mean it's an embarrassing thing it's 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 now past the point where I don't want to defend it. I can't defend it. I think the team now that we have Justin Herbert, everything needs to be reevaluated. I'm not saying we're going to beat the Chiefs. I've already put that pretty clear. But this is a team that can deliver some exciting football for a local fan base. And in L.A., like coaching is one of those things that matter. Like coaching matters. Maybe we get a set. I don't know what we're supposed to do. Because you mentioned we're cursed, and I want a Brian Debo because I see three receivers running open on every play. I want that defensive coordinator maybe in San Francisco because I think I've seen amazing things, and I think he could be a leader of men if we go to the defensive side. I'm into rating the chief staff and taking the enemy and literally rating fresh their start. assistance with him, Gabe. But part it's of me fresh thinks— start. Part of me thinks we almost need a, a complete culture shift, and we need to just get Jim Harbaugh in there on a three-year deal. Like, now, just you know what? I think, like, I think you were on to something. Hold on, hold on. We're going into a break uh, here. Hold that thought. But I think you're on to something. I think you need to go young and more innovative. Sports Rage Late Night continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Thursday night throwdown continues. Sports Rage Late Night, I am Arenzi. We're throwing it down. Jeff Feinberg uh, with us, uh, getting passionate about his Chargers, as we expected. Uh, we're just hoping that he can refrain uh, from the F-bombs. Because I, I trust me, I know there's a three and eight season, and there's decisions to be made. And it's funny, because you brought up Harbaugh. And it's funny, because people want to run Harbaugh out of Ann Arbor. But I've told people this. Harbaugh will go back to the NFL and be very successful. It's not working out in Ann Arbor for him. But I like the direction of where you were going earlier. And I think, you know, you brought up Brian Dable, the uh, coordinator of the Buffalo Bills, who was with Alabama before, sort of has succeeded in a modern NFL. Let's be real about Anthony Lynn, bro. Anthony Lynn is an old-school NFL player. Running know, backs coach. Running backs Bill coach. Parcells tree. That, from and, Bill Parcells tree. And let's be real, too, exactly. So he's an old-school sort of you know, my way guy, and don't ask me, don't second-guess me. And on top of it, Jeff, he wasn't ready to be a head coach, bro. He got catapulted up the tree in Buffalo. I know what happened. Remember? When Rex. Remember, the offense, who was the offensive coordinator? Um, buddy that's, um, you know, the guy, what's his name? The buddy, buddy was in San Francisco, and he's in Baltimore now. Uh, Romans. Oh, Greg, yeah, Romans. Greg, Ro Greg Romans. Greg Romans was the offensive coordinator of the Bills. Uh, Jeff, he told people in the NFL after like four weeks, yeah, yeah, like Rex Ryan's an idiot. And it got out. 
Like, he wasn't buddies with Rex. They sort of got stuck together. He ripped Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan, which was his right, said, you got to go. And if you remember, he fired him midseason when he found out, you're bad-mouthing me. You're telling people you think I'm an idiot. Anthony Lynn got promoted to offensive coordinator. Rex Ryan then got fired, Jeff, three weeks later. Anthony Lynn became the head coach, and then somehow was some hot commodity after the fact. Let's be real. And you called it. You're going up against Sean McVay. You're going up against Andy Reid. You're going up against, um, you know, smart yeah. coaches. Anthony Lynn's not your guy, and he's good. He's not great. He plays not to lose. You know what well, I said? Have to he's know. a white Bill O'Brien. I think it's a good way of putting it. That's what you got. Oh, you <laughs> he's going to go be. nine and seven. All you got to know, Gabe, is he the Chargers hired Lynn the same offseason you guys in Buffalo hired McDermott. And the Bills literally didn't even give Lynn a second interview. They gave him, and he was insulted by it, and history shows the Bills knew exactly what was up. But, but he was a coach that got some steam, and they pretty much gave him that 10, 15, that, that quick, glad hand, maybe even Rooney rule. I, I don't know. But the Bills had zero interest in making him their head coach. No one would have known him better. Um, and I don't know what happened. And, and yeah, that decision is, you know, it, it's bothersome, but it can be rectified it can be rectified this this year, Gabe. It can be rectified because you mentioned even Joe Brady, maybe the Carolina coordinator who had the success at at LSU. I, I'm just saying he's uh, people are throwing his name around with Dabo. Even Arthur Smith, the, the the coordinator in Tennessee, who you know for as much as they pound the rock, they, they're able to stay incredibly balanced and, and do some really good. Um, passing concepts there in Tennessee. He's getting um, a lot of hype, but but I don't know. Every time I want one of these exciting young first-time coaches, I, I, I don't know, we need a total, as you said, like we're cursed. Like I don't I don't know. Like I I don't know if there's an old yeller out there. I don't think who who we need to like completely. You know, and Marty Schottenheimer is about. You know, he's, he's, He's got Alzheimer's, and he's on his last days, sadly. You're not bringing him back. No, but you know we almost need that sort of thing, I think. You've almost <laughs> tried it all, though, right? Like, you've... Except, are they bold enough to get that? Larry, you know what? Shocked the world. Yeah, we hired Lincoln Riley. You know what I mean? Hey, we shocked everybody. We stepped out of the... You know what I mean? We just gave a coach $10 million a year. Or, like, you know, just for another one of these coordinators, there, there it's always hit or miss. Yeah. It's always hit or miss with these other just other coordinators. Yeah, and they've gone two straight misses, right? Mike McCoy, miss, total yeah. miss. Anthony Lynn, total miss. And now that's why Tom Telesco, who's been very good on draft day, building a roster that, like, the pro football focuses of the world grayed out. And you acknowledge, yeah, the roster is great, but there's just always something with this team. The roster on paper always looks fine. Yeah. Um, but now, does he should he even get a chance to make this third coaching hire, or just simply drafting Herbert, having save his job? I, I, I think he deserves to stay. But but he's hired McCoy and Lynn, who have been total fails. Like I don't know if he deserves to get a third shot at a coach. You know what? I've actually enjoyed the run, though. I just caught on. You know, everyone got excited about uh, Herbert after the Chiefs game. 
And then there was the following game. And then it sort of started to clue. It's like, yeah, you know what? For as good as he is, they're not winning these games, right? And then it's just sort of started to add up. So I've been cashing in, betting against them. And I was high on the team earlier in this year, too. I really was. But injuries, everything fell apart. It is what it is. But with all that being stated, um, your old friend, the raging redhead Cam Stewart, said earlier this week on the show that one of his best bets of the week are the Los Angeles Chargers uh, this week. And you I got told best him, bet, how do you do it? Bill Belichick? And you got to win the game. You, it's not, you're not even getting, you've got to win the game. <laughs> like, Gabe, I, I hope the Chargers win, but here's the thing. Do the you, they, why don't you just hope they lose and get the better draft pick? Well, okay, there's that, but I don't want them, at this point, like, I I, I don't care. I, I want a couple wins out the door. I want, like, the kid to end <laughs> with some confidence, whether it's fifth overall or ninth. Like, I think I'll, I'll just take um, the pick, but, but. Brian Flores, literally, it was he was playing possum with Lynn. Sean McDermott, literally, like possum, good coach. Like Bill Belichick is going to, it will be ugly, but he's just gonna. He knows exactly how to keep Cam from ruining the game. I don't know. I, I hope the Chargers win. Everyone kind of hates them now. That's bold to say, like, you're going to the window with 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 Belichick, with Lynn over Belichick right now. It really is. In, in a pick'em spot, in, in a situation where it's like, you know, if you were, Patriots, oh, okay. If you're getting five and a half, four and a half or something. The so, Patriots are in a playoff race, Gabe. And, I, I mean, I don't know. At some point, like, the Keenan Allens, the Joey Bosa's, like, the, the great players have to be, like, like I don't know, f this. Like 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 I, I'm amazed at how um, I guess they're pros and they cash those game checks and they know what playing well on Sunday means for their profiles. But I don't know. I, I I'm almost expecting that game where they actually get blown out because every game's been close and we're due to get just blown out one game around Christmas. That like typical Chargers too. The Patriots are an erratic team. To me, it's a tough game to bet on. So tough. Like, do you trust the Chargers, the Patriots going out west? Good call by you that Belichick manages Cam Newton. <coughs> they run there the have ball. Been Gabe, there have been Belichick to the Chargers rumors. Interesting. By the same people that all year last year were like, Brady is leaving, Brady is leaving, Brady is leaving. There have been some underground... Um, even, like, Peter King brought it up. Like, by people with some credibility, like, Bilicek to the Chargers. And as you mentioned, like, the Lincoln-Riley thing, like, they're in L.A. now. Fans will be allowed back at games next year. Like, I don't know. Maybe yeah, that yeah. is... They tried to get Brady last year. Like, they were part of that. Thank God they didn't. But I don't know if you remember. Yeah. They were oh, one they of the finalists. Yeah. They were one of the finalists. Um so maybe they're just like, I don't. We didn't get that part of the secret New England sauce. Why don't if if Bella checks out, like why maybe they make a play there? I have no idea. But people who actually know things have floated it. It's a good. It's you know you're, when you're talking about Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Lakers are champions. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, they they get Montrez Harrell, and it's a Laker town. And you compound that with it's after the Laker town, it's a Dodger town. Yeah. Like, the Lakers and Dodgers are 1-1-A one one in that city. And then and it's a Trojan. They, and, and they won the championship. Yeah. 
So there's expectations, right, of, hey, listen, you got it, and you saw it, and you saw it, it must have sort of bothered you as a Charger fan that the Rams, if the Rams sucked, they wouldn't have been, everyone jumped on the wagon, right, because they were good. It was sort of that timing. But we keep, we've been saying this for years, though. Oh, if the Chargers are good, people will jump on the wagon in Los Angeles, right? But years are passing. <laughs> years are passing. Out of the pandemic with a young potential franchise QB, though, seems to be another mulligan. Like, maybe they can grab the 10-year-old boy now. Like It's easier to sell Herbert on a billboard <laughs> on the highway than Tyrod Taylor. You're right. When you're right, a kid driving, hey, Dad, here, can we go see Justin Herbert? cool powder blue, like, the jerseys are nice. Like, they got to win. They got to win. I, I don't know. It's, I still have no idea how many people will actually come want to want to see them play in that monstrosity of a, of a stadium. But I don't know if you L.A. is just about winning. As you see, the Clippers are second fiddle. But when the Clippers are good, the Clippers play on Christmas Day. Like, when the Clippers are a good team, the league puts oh, yeah, the Clippers yeah. on a pedestal. If the Chargers get good, then suddenly that's the L.A. market again to the league, right? Yeah, it's like, exactly. But that they just don't fit. That's the whole thing. You know what I know. It's just, it is what it is. It's they like, don't fit. there's they not don't. room. And you knew this, too, and I lived there. You knew this, is that you mentioned the USC Trojans who are down, but actually having a decent year so far this year. But... It wasn't, Jeff, like they were even demanding. God, we need NFL football here. You know why? The beautiful weather, basketball city, baseball city. And you know this, dude. The gamblers and people in L.A. like not having teams. They got all the games. It, you know what I mean? They don't go to the games anyways, right, when they're there. So they like not having it. It wasn't like, like one team was enough. Like, the thing is, guys, the Rams were actually there before. They have a history. The Rams were there. People okay. can identify it, right? I mean, to be uh, honest with you, the Raiders are still more popular than they all are there. Of so, course. Yeah, so, close. like, exactly. Like, the Chargers there, it really isn't like, like, they're in nowhere's land. Like, no they're way. better off moving, like, to Fresno or some other weird place where people would embrace it. Say, hey, we got our own team. Um, you know what I mean? I'm just stating they're kind of in a weird spot. So, listen, we only got two minutes left. It's great having you back here. Um, Mr. Rivers is your man. Do you find yourself pulling? Are you a, are you, are you a Colt guy now, like, uh, moving yeah. forward? Yeah, I like it. One o'clock, I get to watch the uh, the Colts game. He's, it's been a struggle. That being said, I don't think their record would be the same with Brissett. Um, I don't see him being there again next year. I think there could be interesting options, like maybe a Matt Stafford in Indy, in, in Indy or something like that. But I, I'm pulling for him. If Phillip Rivers is dropping back in the pocket anywhere on planet Earth, Gabe, he has my support. What? It's amazing how many games they've won that they got outplayed in at the yeah, end. It really is. Yeah, it's nice to see Phil have some good luck uh, there. And he's still chirping. He's still himself. Um, so, um, as we stated, listen, we got a minute left on the way out here. Um, any any thoughts on the golf tournament? Uh, you know, I, I took a look at Carlos Ortiz yeah. coming into the tournament just because, you know, he's good, and it's about time a Mexican has won this uh, tournament. But uh, any, uh, any in-tournament picks uh, right now in a minute's time here? I'm not going to lie. I haven't really looked at the um, the live board. Victor Hovland was my, uh, like, if I had to make a pick to win, it was Vic. He's playing well. I do like your Carlos. Um, He's the second choice right now, Hovland. 10 to 1. 
Yeah. Tony Finau's my... nine to one. Hovland's ten to one. Yeah, I like uh, Victor Hovland. He was my pick to win. I bet him at twenty-two to one pre-tournament, so I, I'll still stick there. But I like your Ortiz lean. Uh, he'd won recently, and this sets up well for him. This type of course, and it's a home game. Jeff Feinberg, say hi to Pat Mayo uh, for us and uh, and Ander Cust. Speaking of uh, bad football teams, his Jets, or at least they're going to be getting Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Jeff Feinberg, always good, Jeff. All the best, Gabe. Great to chat. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Late night anger management class. Thanks to uh, Jeff Feinberg for stepping up and in and kicking it with us. Fun times uh, with Feinberg. You know, we're talking about uh, what the um, what the the Chargers should do, and they basically are just uh, buried uh, in Los Angeles. It's not a good fit in Los Angeles. We know it's not a good fit. Uh, in LA, and you know, is it ever going to be a good fit in Los Angeles? Like LA is not a LA is not a a hotbed for NFL football, and I don't say that disparagingly, you know. But like I said, I lived, you know, I'm a lifelong Dodger fan, and I lived in Los Angeles uh, before. Great times. Uh, went to um, went to like 62, 63 Dodger games out of 81 um, one year, <laughs> the year after they won the World Series. Great, great, uh, great, great uh, memories. Kirk Gibson was on like one leg all the time, but uh, it was the year the Cincinnati Reds won the World Series. But anyways, like the Dodgers are massive. Like baseball is really popular in Los Angeles. Like the Dodgers are like big for real. You know, it's sort of like the Yankees. There's not a lot of cities that baseball is king. And you can't say that baseball is king in Los Angeles, but it's damn big, right? And the Lakers are, you know, the NBA is very big. You know, UCLA basketball used to be big. The West Coast, it's the West Coast, you know. <laughs> but if you look at the Chargers, like, it'll never work here. You know, I guess if they get really good, but they need a lot of people to jump on the wagon. And they got that massive new stadium. The Rams can pull it off because the Rams used to be there, right? There's a, there's a connection to the Rams. And the funny thing is, Los Angeles and San Diego are so close to each other. I think they thought that Charger fans would be mad but would still go to the games. Yeah, they'll bitch, but, you know, it's still the Chargers. It's just right down the road. Um, you know, Phillip Rivers not being there as well. It's like a new team. And also, quite frankly, people in San Diego hate Los Angeles. <laughs> like, like, like a rivalry thing, right? Like, you know, LA's like this big bohemian, and you got little San Diego there. Late Night Anger Management class continues. Bring it. 